With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. I've been covering the Orioles for more than a decade on CamdenChat.com and hosting this podcast for 99 episodes and counting. It is now March the 4th, 2024. If I sound a little rough today, I'm sorry. We are in the month where real baseball that counts will be happening. We finally made it. It's just 24 days to go until the Orioles' regular season begins. So far, the Orioles have been rocking and rolling through the spring uh, games that don't count. They've now got a 9-1 and record through the first week plus of spring games. On Sunday, they beat the Pirates on the road 5-2. to In today's episode, I'm going to go over, in brief, every player on the Orioles camp roster to give all the grinders and long shot guys their due, and also to see who's going to be this year's contributors, and maybe who might end up being this year's semi-surprise contributors. So we're going to rattle through more than 60 names of the guys who are in camp right now. These guys matter because this is probably going to be the Orioles this year uh, until July rolls around and there start being trades. It's unlikely there's going to be any further additions from outside the organization. Now, it's not 100% guaranteed. Last year, later than today's date, for instance, the Orioles added Danny Colomb, and he ended up being a pretty crucial contributor on the team. Uh, Last year's team, the Orioles had 22 different position players appear in a game 28 pitchers, and three of the position players were used as pitchers. So that's a total of 50 guys. Nearly every one of those 50 guys was in Orioles camp at this time last year. So, again, I mean, the guys who are in camp right now, which consists of the 40-man roster, the non-roster invites, which itself is a mix of prospects who will maybe have a chance to make the team as soon as opening day or sometime during the season, 
and then uh, kind of the filler depth who, if they pitch well or play well or whatever, could find their way filling in in case of an injury or who knows what else. Okay, so I'm going to start with the 40-man roster, and I'm just going to go up by uh, ascending order by uniform number. I think I've got everyone on this list. If I leave anyone out and I look stupid, I am sorry to that person, their family, their friends, their fans, etc. Okay, uniform number two, Gunnar Henderson, Last year's AL Rookie of the Year winner, of course, Rode being the preseason number one prospect in baseball all the way into a great Rookie of the Year winning season. Despite having a low batting average through May, he co-led the Orioles with 28 home runs, has yet to play this spring due to some oblique soreness. It's supposed to be in action within a couple of days. Fingers crossed that actually ends up happening. Number three, Jorge Mateo. My wife's current favorite Oriole, he really should have won a gold glove in 2022, but got snubbed that year. Hit great in April of last year, poorly the rest of the season. He brings some speed that other bench candidates do not have into the mix. Number six, Ryan Mountcastle. OPS over 1,000 against left-handed pitchers last year, but just 640 against righty pitchers. So it's like, what is the weak half of a platoon first baseman worth? Well, for Mountcastle last year, that was still 2.1 baseball reference war, which really isn't bad. Uh, I do bet Mountcastle wishes the left field wall dimension had not changed and he could be a perennial 30-plus home run guy. Continuing on up, number 11, Jordan Westberg. I think the presumptive opening day third baseman for the Orioles. This righty batter had a perfectly league average OPS plus of 100. Again, that's the park and league adjusted stat where higher is better in proportion to uh, the average. So if you're 110, you are 10% above average. If you're 90, you are 10% below average. So Westberg right in the middle, 100, 228 plate appearances, uh, sample size there. So I'm really going to be keeping an eye on whether he ever develops uh, big league home run power. He hit just three home runs over the 2023 big league at-bats that he got, which I don't think is going to cut the mustard over the long run if you're getting uh, a home run every uh, 75 plate appearances or so. Number 13, Heston Kerstad. Absolutely a great story of perseverance for him to make it to MLB at all after his struggles in his prospect days with myocarditis. He is the lefty bat with power potential. He is a consensus top 50 guy on prospect lists right now. For me, the question is, are the Orioles going to end up trusting him with an outfield corner? They seem to go out of their way to not have him play those spots last year. But of course, they did have him on the postseason roster last year, and some others were left off of that. So we will end up seeing what happens with him. Number 17, Colton Kowser. Split opinions in the prospect world. It seems like some writers uh, think Kowser can play center field and will be able to avoid a severe platoon split. While some others have soured on him, they think he's more of a corner outfield platoon bat who's going to be on the bench against left-handed pitchers, his same-handed pitchers. Uh, as far as Kowser goes, I like that he's kind of a weird nerd who gets way into Star Wars Legos and apparently now is part of the Settlers of Catan crew uh, at going on at Orioles Spring Training this year. Number 19, Cole Irvin. He's been one of the early stories of camp with his velocity gain that he worked on through the offseason. Seems like he's going to be thrust into the starting rotation to begin the season due to John Means being at least a month behind the other starting pitchers. So for him, the question is, you know, will that extra velocity enable him to succeed as a starter 
in a way that he didn't last year because it was not pretty to start the season, of course, for Irvin last year. Number 21, Austin Hayes, a 2.5 wins above replacement guy in 2023. He was pretty good for four months and pretty bad for two months, ended up with a 769 OPS overall. That was a 114 OPS plus, so again, 14% better than league average. Not bad to have for your corner outfielder. Although I will say, Hayes, he's maybe my number one guy on the roster where I have to keep reminding myself to appreciate what he is rather than be disappointed at what he's not. And by the way, I think Ryan Mountcastle is probably number two on that list. Number 25, Anthony Santander, a switch hitter with almost no platoon split in 2023. He's a strong-armed outfielder, a bit on the slow side, of course. He's grown into a bilingual clubhouse leader. And when he becomes a free agent after this season, I think that's going to be the first real test of how much the Orioles will act to keep one of their own guys around. And possibly that will be influenced by there being a new controlling ownership group. I guess we'll see if that uh, that changes their keep their own guys philosophy or, of course, their sign guys from the outside philosophy. Number 26, Ryan McKenna, the seemingly forever fourth outfielder, I think is facing a bit of a squeeze as uh, Kowser and Kerstad threatened to make the roster. Keeping McKenna's spot really might depend on whether Jorge Mateo as a center fielder is an experiment that the Orioles actually want to try in uh, the regular season. Number 27, James McCann, had a 34% caught stealing last year compared to a league average of 21%, so that's a pretty darn good performance above the average. He started 54 games at catcher. That provided, I think, crucial rest for Adley Rutschman. Probably should expect him to do similar this season. McCann, he doesn't hit much, but, you know, who cares? Uh, Again, he's backing up Adley, and that's what matters. Number 28, Kyle Stowers. I feel like his path to a regular role depended on one of Hayes, Mullins, or Santander uh, being hurt or traded. And when that, that didn't happen, when those three guys were a good outfield trio, that made it tougher for Stowers to get into the picture, especially because he was hurt last year at times when he might have come up and gotten extended playing time. He does have big power that's still in there if he can control the strikeouts. For him, this is his age 26 season, so probably he doesn't have much more to get in benefit from A. So I almost wonder if he's going to be a guy who gets traded at the end of spring training if the Orioles don't end up wanting to put him on the roster. Number 29, Ramon Arias, one-time gold glover from 2022. He got supplanted at third base by Henderson last year, maybe going to be supplanted at second base by Jackson Holiday this year. He's got value to a team, but I do think how much longer that team is the Orioles is really the question about him because as you guys are all likely well aware, the Orioles have plenty of young infielders already ensconced and on the way up. Number 30, Grayson Rodriguez, really for him duplicating something close to his 2.58 ERA from the second half of last year has become more important thanks to the Bradish plus means uh, health situation. Is Rodriguez going to be able to uh, be equal to the task of living up to his second half? I mean, you know, that's the question for him. He did not give us a very good taste uh, going into the offseason for him with how he ended up pitching against the Rangers in the postseason. 
Number 31, Cedric Mullins. You cannot escape him, but it would be nice if he creeps more towards an 800 OPS this year. But again, we don't want to take for granted a speedy center fielder who is at least a league average hitter. I don't think Mullins is ever going to do the 30 home run, 30 stolen base combo again. But if he was a 20 home run, 20 stolen base combo for this year, I think that would be pretty nice. Number 32, Ryan O'Hearn. The other half of the Ryan first base platoon OPS 801 over the course of last season. One of the team's big surprise players, I think. They uh, brought him in. It seemed like they brought in a number of lefties last year, just seeing who would have uh, their careers altered for the better by the demise of the extreme shift. And O'Hearn, at least for the 2023 Orioles, uh, and escaping from the Royals perhaps, was able to extend his uh, having a big league career and even had a productive season. Now, I'm skeptical that O'Hearn is going to be able to do it again, but if he stumbles, uh, you know, the Orioles are not going to lack for choices to bring up, I think. Number 35, Adley Rutschman, really needs no introduction. 374 on-base percentage led the team by far last year because of the team turning around not long after he came up. I think he's the face of the turnaround, and I hope he continues to be the face of the coming great era uh, that we can hope began last year of the Orioles. Number 38, Kyle Bradish course, the 2023 ace of the Orioles. Uh, Well, he's out for the first six weeks, at least of the season. Hopefully doesn't get pushed back too far beyond that. And uh, if he's not able to come back and at least pitch in like the mid threes ERA, that's going to be another problem the Orioles need to overcome. But I'm not going to worry about that until Bradish is back, because until he's back, I'm going to be worried about the health of his throwing elbow. Number 39, Corbin Burns. Honestly, I still cannot believe the Orioles acquired a guy who's been this good so recently. Also, I'm nervous it won't work out because uh, we're not allowed to have nice things for too long as Orioles fans, right? No, that's my particular uh, damage and coping mechanism. But uh, really, I'm excited to see what Burns does this year. And, well, I hope I'm not disappointed. Number 41, Tyler Nevin. Uh, It's weird that he's back on the 40-man roster. The Orioles, as we know, not exactly lacking for first base slash designated hitter slash maybe third baseman uh, options. Nevin is now in his age 27 season. He's got a 6'11 career OPS to date. I don't know what's worth using a 40-man roster on him, spot on him right now, but uh, the 40-man roster is also not full. There's one opening, so it's not like they're taking up space that could be given to someone else at this point in time. Number 43, Brian Baker. I am still annoyed at him because of allowing 54% of inherited runners to score last year, plus how he pitched in the postseason. Number 45, Keegan Aiken. I am surprised he survived the offseason on the 40-man roster after he posted a 6.85 ERA last year. Number 46, Greg Kimbrell. It's also weird that he is an Oriole. He's going to be trying to push himself across the Hall of Fame line for his career. Uh, I'm a little nervous about him, too, because it is going to be his age 36 season. He hasn't been elite for a few years now. But on the other hand, there is the potential that uh, for this year and even next, since he has uh, a team option for next year, uh, he could come in and put the final pages of a Hall of Fame career down in an Orioles uniform and... That would be pretty darn good for the 2024 Orioles if Kimbrell is able to rack up the saves, move up that career leaderboard. Number 47, John Means. 
a month behind other starting pitchers. We just got to hope that he bounces back from Tommy John in his final season before becoming a free agent. He is, uh, you know, he's also going to try and pitch a five months of a season when he only had four starts after Tommy John surgery. So I don't know. I'm going to be crossing my fingers for him. I'm nervous. We've been expecting too much from him and uh, we'll see what ends up happening. I will be right back after a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor, and then we're going to go right through the rest of the 40-man roster plus the non-roster invitees. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right back to it. Number 50, Bruce Zimmerman. That's with two ends on the end. Baltimore zone. He is now 29. He's got a 5.57 ERA as a big leaguer. I don't expect too much from him, but he could maybe be a cromulent uh, long reliever or emergency depth spot starter or whatever. Number 51, Caleb with a K, Ort. At this moment, the most recent addition to the Orioles' 40-man roster. Ort is 32 years old. He's got a 6.27 ERA in 51 and two-thirds big league innings. I think he's got a fun name. I also think... You should not get too attached. He's uh, in probably the last guy on the roster spot who could be jettisoned at any time. Number 52, Jonathan Heasley, essentially the pitcher version of what the Orioles did last year with Ryan O'Hearn, which is to say maybe this guy will not suck now that he has escaped from the Royals with whom he has spent his entire career to date. I don't want to bet on that uh, paying off two years in a row, but maybe it will. Number 53, Mike Bauman. He's out of options. He's got to make the team or go on waivers. Had a 3.76 ERA last year, which honestly isn't horrible, but he got left off of the playoff roster. I feel like that probably tells us how the team views him. Number 54, Danny Colom, of course, was one of the big surprise players last year. Can he duplicate last year's 2.81 ERA or come close to it? Uh, If not, He could end up being another one-season wonder, which, thanks for 2023, but, you know, the Orioles got to win games in 2024, too, so we can't be sentimental uh, about really anybody who was good last year who comes out and stinks this year. Number 55, Dylan Tate, 
returning from missing all of last season. He had a sub one whip walks plus hits for innings pitched over the 2022 season. I think him jumping back in and looking like that is probably going to be crucial to the Penn's success this year, especially with D.L. Hall having been traded and Tyler Wells seemingly headed for the rotation. Number 56, Seth Johnson, kind of a forgotten guy uh, on the 40-man roster in that he was acquired in the Trey Man CD trade in July of 2022, but he needed Tommy John surgery immediately. He was already known to need it at the time of the trade, so he just hasn't pitched much in the Orioles organization at all, but he is a one-time top 100 prospect. He's on the 40-man roster, and so if he's healthy, you know, he could be in the mix for a midseason call-up, see what he has to offer, and if he does well, he could stick around. Number 58, CNL Perez, was really bad for the first two months of last season, settled down, ended up having a decent season overall, I kind of wonder, is he going to get a chance to fail and bounce back again this year, or might the Orioles have a shorter leash? I thought they should have got rid of him, uh, you know, in the middle of last May. It turned out uh, that was a little premature, but he definitely cost the team in April and May, and that wasn't great. Number 64, Dean Kramer, a solid 2023. I feel bad we've all had to think about his playoff failure for five months He also is going to be uh, of greater importance due to the Kyle Bradish injury. Number 65, Nick Maton, one of several lefty batting infield jabronis who shuffled shuffled through the 40-man roster this offseason. Honestly, I don't know what was worth it in acquiring any one of these guys, even on waivers, but Maton, he's around in camp. Uh, We'll see if he ends up in the picture in any uh, capacity. Number 66, Matt Crook, apologies if I'm getting that pronounced wrong, it might be Crook, Uh, 6.9 walks per nine innings with the Yankees' triple-A team last year. Although even with that, he only had a 1.059 whip. So that goes to show you when he wasn't walking guys, uh, he wasn't giving up too many hits, which it's almost unbelievable, really. Uh, Stash him in Norfolk, I guess, see if they can fix him a little. They have pulled this off before, so maybe they'll be able to do it again. Number 68 is Tyler Wells. He is presumably headed back into the rotation in the aftermath of the Bradish injury. I don't have any idea what to expect from him. Uh, I am a fan, and as a fan, I'm hoping he can repeat the first three months of last year. Somehow, I don't know that he's going to be able to do that. He did outpitch his peripherals, as they say, and uh, I don't know. We'll see how he does in the rotation. Number 71, Jacob Webb. I'm also annoyed at him for how he pitched in the postseason, and we'll just move right along. Number 78, Yenier Cano, headed for crucial eighth innings again, and if Kimbrough falters, I think Cano is going to be getting a good amount of save chances. If he succeeds, he's not going to look like success in the way that Felix Bautista did. Cano, he's going to be more about limiting walks and getting grounders, so if he can do that again this year, he's going to have a good season, I think. Number 79, Nick Vespi. He only pitched in nine games last year with the Orioles, deciding to mostly keep him at Norfolk. He is still on the 40-man roster, but the fact that he he was only around for those nine games make me feel like his spot is tenuous and the Orioles just like other guys more than him. So that's the 39 guys who are currently on the 40-man roster. If you want to think that the one open spot is being kept open for Jackson Holiday or even Kobe Mayo, do not let me stop you. Uh, Beyond these guys, I mean, the non-roster players are important to know, too, because you never know who might turn into a contributor. 
my lesson about this was watching a 2012 spring training game, and I dismissed Miguel Gonzalez as a guy who would never, ever pitch in a game for the Orioles. Of course, he went on to be a part of the good run of teams in the 2010s, a good period for the Orioles. So among the non-roster invites a year ago was Ryan O'Hearn, along with then-prospects Kowser, Kerstad, and Westberg, all of whom ended up getting a fairly significant amount of time on the team, um, along with some other guys who were non-roster invites and got lesser time. So again, I mean, fill in guys who are maybe going to be called upon for bigger roles if things uh, get have, there's some bad luck with injuries or performance or whatever. Any one of these guys could end up being important, and it's not just the guys who are prospects you're already excited about. Number 16, Colton Wong, the recently signed veteran. I am wondering if that's going to mean the Orioles are going to try and squeeze out Jackson Holiday from the opening day picture. I don't think so, but I am also wondering it because it would annoy me and I don't want it to happen. Number 49, Julio Teheran. Another recent addition, presumably for extra rotation depth early in the season, if he has anything left in the tank. Either one of these guys can opt out of their contract at the end of spring if they don't make the team. Number 63, Michael Perez. He's got five seasons of MLB experience as a reserve catcher. I think insurance in case McCann, or I won't even speak it into existence, is injured. Number 67, Tucker Davidson, a lefty pitcher. He was on the 40-man over the offseason but got removed, stayed in the system. A 5.98 career ERA in 125 innings. Number 73, Daniel Johnson, he is the only outfielder in the non-roster invite group. He last appeared in MLB with Cleveland in the 2021 season. Number 76, Cade Povich, the headliner at the time of the Jorge Lopez trade to the Twins in 2022. He is a lefty starter prospect, but he walked 5.8 batters per nine innings with AAA Norfolk last year. I think he's going to have to fix that before he gets any extended big league action. Number 81, Diego Castillo, a super utility player. He was also on the 40-man roster over the course of the offseason and removed, is still around in the depth picture. Number 82, Andrew Suarez, a 31-year-old lefty. He's got four years of MLB experience, had a 7.16 ERA in 13 games with St. Louis last year. Number 83, Wandeson Charles. It looks like Charles. The next big hard-throwing guy, the Orioles are hoping to give the Felix Bautista turnaround treatment, and specifically what they need to turn around is his walk rate because he had a 6.6 walks per nine innings in the minors last year. That's really um, double what you would probably feel like is an ideal number. Number 84, Ronald Guzman. Five years in the majors, but those were all as a hitter, and he has converted to pitcher going to try and pitch his way back into the big leagues. Good luck. Number 85, Connor Norby. Of course, the infield prospect. He had an 842 OPS for AAA Norfolk last year, branched out into left field a bit. I feel like he is blocked from getting to Baltimore unless there is a trade or he himself is traded, or if there is some kind of injury or other surprise that opens up a spot for him. Number 86, Kobe Mayo. Kobe Mayo, hon. Hard-hitting third baseman really surely needs no further introduction to you. Number 87, Jackson Holiday needs even less introduction than Mayo. I mean, honestly, the Orioles could not possibly keep Holiday in the minors to start the season, could they? 
Well, I guess they could, but I hope they don't. Number 89, Samuel Basayo also needs no introduction. A stress fracture has him out of catching games until late April. He is supposed to DH in big league spring training games starting sometime uh, later next week or maybe early two weeks from now. Number 91, David Bonuelos, six-year minor league veteran catcher. I think he's in camp to help catch some of the early bullpen sessions, maybe reassigned as soon as today after a split squad. Number 92, Albert Suarez, no relation to Andrew that I know of. This Suarez is a 34-year-old righty reliever. He last pitched in MLB in 2017, so it's been a little while. Number 93, Silas Ardway. The Orioles' fourth-round pick in 2022 is also in camp, I think, for early bullpen catching depth, maybe just to get himself a little bit of experience uh, in the big league camp. He could maybe be a future backup catcher down the line. He's got that glove first, doesn't hit much reputation of all future backups. Number 94, Luis Gonzalez. This lefty reliever was actually in the Orioles minors from 2013 through 2019. He's not been in the U.S. minors since 2021, however, trying to make a comeback. Number 95, Nathan Webb. No relation that I know of to Jacob. He is a righty reliever who was mostly in the Royals system in his career. Uh, He had Tommy John surgery last March when he was in the Pirates system, however, and is not yet fully back on the mound. Number 96, Garrett Stallings acquired by the Orioles for Jose Iglesias, so that was several years ago now. Stallings is now 26. He had a 5.16 ERA between Bowie and Norfolk last year, so I don't generally have high hopes for guys like that, but things can click at any time. He's in camp. He can try and make an impression. Number 97, Chase McDermott, of course, came in the Astros deal for Trey Mancini in 2022, Like many others on this list uh, of non-roster guys, he just needs to throw more strikes. He had a 5.1 walks per nine innings last year in between Double-A Bowie and Norfolk. Number 98, Justin Armbruster, a great name for a pitcher. He's in line to possibly be the first Mike Elias-drafted pitcher to make it to the Orioles. Struck out 66 batters in 59 and a third innings after being promoted to Norfolk last year. A bit of a high walk rate, not as high as these other guys, but... He's going to need to cut that a little bit, I think, to have uh, a chance in the big leagues. And number 99, last and certainly not least, Maverick Handley, memorable for his name and for being the second catcher the Orioles drafted after Adley Rutschman in 2019. I've rooted for him to become Adley's backup, uh, you know, pretty much career long. But it seems like the Orioles prefer to have a veteran major leaguer rather than bringing up another guy from the minors uh, who doesn't have the big league experience to go along with Adley. Maybe that'll change once Adley himself has some more experience. I guess we'll see. So there you go. That's everyone who is in Orioles camp right now, unless they somehow snuck someone in or kicked someone out after I started recording this episode on Sunday night. I won't be surprised if we see the first wave of reassignments to minor league camp later today after the team plays a couple of split squad games. So now you're all set for the latings of Orioles games the few that happen to be on TV or radio when all the subs start coming in. Um, Except that actually a lot of these guys that are subs in the late innings are brought in from minor league camp for the day, and they aren't even on the 62 names on this list. So, oh well. Okay, so here are the following Orioles who I think are on something of a roster bubble or are really on the outside looking in who are on the 40-man and out of minor league options. Jorge Mateo. 
Nick Maton, Ramon Urias, Jacob Webb, Mike Bauman, Tyler Nevin, Ryan McKenna. Those guys are all going to have to make the Orioles or be put on waivers at the end of camp. And I don't think they're all going to make the Orioles. I don't even know that half of them will. So the 40-man roster going to have some uh, different names on it in a few more weeks. And some of these guys are going to get subtracted, whether they are put on waivers and claimed, whether they are put on waivers and outrighted, or whether they get traded to someone for cash considerations, uh, much like the Orioles got Colum at the end of spring training last year. We'll see what ends up happening. But uh, really, I'm just going to be crossing my fingers that there are not any new injuries changing the picture for the roster between now and the 28th of the month. That's all that I've got for today, a bit longer than usual. I will be back with you next Monday to talk some more Orioles spring training If you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favorite platform, and thank you for listening. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cats production on the Fans First Sports Network. This is Mark Brown, signing off.